Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Chop Talk. I'm your host, Nate England. Wherever you listen to the show, please write a review and give us a five-star rating. Send us a message or check out photos from this week's show on the Chop Talk Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at choptalk underscore Nate for the latest show news, or reach out directly at choptalkwithnateengland at gmail.com. This week's guest is one of the top Johto practitioners in the United States and an instructor at our upcoming seminar in Cincinnati, Harvey King. He started training karate in the late 60s and early 70s before branching out to Iaido, Aikido, and his primary focus, Jodo. He's traveled, trained, and taught all over the world. In today's show, we go through some of this history, and he shares several training stories from his many visits to Japan. We also discuss how he became one of the early Jodo practitioners in the U.S. and how he has helped its growth in the country over the years. For more information on Harvey King, visit his group's Facebook page, the New York Kobu Jodo Kai, that's K-O-B-U-J-O-D-O-K-A-I, or check out one of his Jodo classes at the Aikido of Park Slope at 630 Sackett Street in Brooklyn, New York. Now, Harvey King is one of the instructors and judges at the upcoming ECUSKF 2019 Cincinnati Jodo Seminar and Promotion Exam on Saturday, September 7th. This will be the first time that a Jodo promotion test has been held in the Midwest. Instructors include some of the top Jodo practitioners in the United States, and after this week's show, three of them have been on Chop Talk as guests, uh, the other two being Tom Groindall and Peter Boylan. The fourth one is your host, me, and I'm trying to get the last instructor, Frank DeMarco, as well as the acting president of the ECUSKF, Hiro Imafuji, who has been helping to organize the event, on the show in the next week or so. Whether you're, so whether you're a long-time Jodo practitioner or you're interested in trying it for the first time, you'll not want to miss this unique opportunity. To find out more details and get the registration packet, please visit www.koshoschoolofkarate.com and click on the ECUSKF logo. It looks like a little orange shield. We have just added info on all of the instructors as well as info on group rates at a couple local hotels. There's an event page on the Kosho School of Karate Facebook page where you can get daily updates on the seminar. Early bird registration ends in about a week, depending on when you're listening to this. So if you are interested, please get your paperwork in ASAP. Thanks for listening. Let us know your thoughts on today's discussion and enjoy the show. Hello, this is uh, Nate. Is this uh, Harvey King? Speaking. How you doing? Good. How about yourself, sir? I'm doing good. Let me go in the other room. I got windows open for air. Sure. There's a lot of noise outside. Sure. Again, I really appreciate you taking your time to talk to me today. 
and also I really appreciate the, the fact that you you're willing to come to Cincinnati uh, to, to to teach and uh, sit on the board for this. Hey, I'm retired. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to discuss history. Yeah, I'd like I'd like My- to. Your history. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do you want me to start? <laughs> well, uh, I, I guess so. You're the first uh, East Coast guy from from your generation that I've interviewed on the show, um, and so I'm I'm curious about um, now. You started martial arts back in the '60s. So I'm I'm really curious about what the martial arts scene was like at that time in now you're from New York. You're in New York now, but you're from New York originally, is that right? Correct. Okay. So most of the people that I've talked to uh have been from the Midwest that tra- started training in the 60s and 70s. Um so I'm just curious was Karate was martial arts well known at that time in New York, or was it something completely new? Karate was well known. All right, there was a, a good bit of interest of, in karate, and it's the usual, you know, movies and the hype. Um, but I started the person I started with in the mid '60s could have been even a little earlier was Jerome Mackey when I was a teenager. Okay, and. Uh, he had some good people teaching, but it was really a franchise. And I kind of, uh, it's, it really felt like a business. You know, you pay your dues, you do your karate, you go home. Right. There was, there was no, you know, camaraderie. There was no, no thing about, you know, history. None of that was there that right. I felt. Cause I was pretty young. So sure. Was there a particular style that was being taught at that time? Uh, I think it was Shotokan. Th- that makes sense. I think Shotokan made a big push to sort of franchise out and get a lot of uh, a lot of clubs going during that time. And um, it wasn't that, as strong. It wasn't as strong in the Midwest, but maybe on the on the coasts it was. Now, among the people he had, he had this one very young at the time, young at the time Japanese guy who I think became famous later. I'm not sure if it was Miyazaki. Um, but, you know, like I said, he had people, but they, you know, they were hired. It wasn't, you know, Hmm. it wasn't like a school, you know, where the sensei goes back and the whole tradition that that was just not there. Right. Now, were you specifically looking for karate at that time or did you just have a general interest in martial arts and that's what you happen to get into? I was looking for karate at that time. Pretty much was all I knew anyway. I mean, there, there was judo but i wasn't really not that interested in judo i don't really believe there was aikido i mean i'm sure it was around but uh there was really you know it wasn't very popular it wasn't very well known so how long did you stick with it uh, at that dojo that i can't remember i mean you know i've done years of karate in, in several in a number of dojos i think he may have closed that branch down Hmm. Um, and then I had to go elsewhere. I remember doing Shotokan, either on Avenue H or Avenue J in Brooklyn with a different school, mm-hmm. and they were also hiring teachers from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, then there was one in Bay Ridge, and I, um, I don't know if it was Shotokan style or not, but uh, it was a karate school. 
and I was there. I mean, altogether, you know, it was years. Right. Uh, then I went to California back in around 72. Okay. And that's that's when I studied Goju in San Francisco. I can't remember. It was one of Gogen Yam- Yamaguchi's sons. I don't remember if it was Gozen or Gozai. Okay. Um, and it felt more like a dojo than a, than a you know, in a place of business, let's put it that way. Right, right. It was uh, a training... I didn't stay... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say, was the training pretty different from the Shotokan that you did in New York? Not, not just the atmosphere, but the, the, the training as well. Was that different? Not really. You know, I mean, there was free fighting. There was kata. Um, you know, I mean, these places that, that I'm describing as businesses, that doesn't mean the training was bad. Sure. It was, you know... Sometimes it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's just that there wasn't a strong uh, traditional feeling. It was, you know, you know, they were teaching you karate. Period. You were learning how to fight. Right. So, when did the interest in some of the other martial arts come up? Was it there in California, or because uh, I know you started studying Aikido in the early '80s, so it wasn't too long after that period. Well, no, I was doing. Uh, Goju in the early 70s, and mm-hmm. that's, I, I was only in San Francisco for about six months. Okay. So when I came back, I did a little taekwondo, um, and that, I mean, <laughs> I know your karate background, but right. you may li- not like this, but I didn't find it very much different. <laughs> it was pretty much the same thing. <laughs> well, was, now, I, I know it, I would say that the karate I'm sorry, the Taekwondo now is maybe pretty different than what it was in the 70s even because there was a lot of schools at that time that were entering uh, the Taekwondo schools were still entering the karate competitions and a lot of them were still calling it Korean karate. So uh, in maybe in that, in that period there wasn't much of a difference or at your school there wasn't much of a difference. Maybe just at that school. I mean, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know about other schools. It was mm. just the one. It was just in the neighborhood. And, okay. Um, <laughs> should I say this? I think Am you I getting should. getting into Aikido? Go for it. I was, I was doing, I, okay, I was doing, uh, I was running pretty much by myself for exercise. Mm-hmm. And I had done, tw- uh, in Prospect Park, I was living in Park Slope, and I had done, from the inside of the park, twice six loops, which is 20 miles. Wow. Um, and I wasn't pretty much doing anything else. And I wanted to go to, uh, I wanted to try Aikido because in the building I was living with, there was this young woman I was attracted to and she was going to go <laughs> study Aikido. Okay, that's <laughs> anyway, a good reason. I joined, wait, wait, I joined the school, okay? She never did. <laughs> <laughs> and I stayed. <laughs> So, so she talked you into joining, but she never joined herself. Oh no, she never talked me into it. I was going to be it, so I could have a better chance to meet her. Oh, okay. <laughs> and she never, she never joined. <laughs> you know, I always tell people they ask me why I started martial arts, and I say, "Well, I wanted to meet Asian women." But then once you get there into, you go. I mean, but once you get into martial arts, sorry. it's like you find out there's a bunch of middle-aged guys with lots of facial hair, and you're like, "Man, where's the women?" But okay, I'll stick around anyway. Actually, there were a few women in that class, including one or two I went out with in that school. But <laughs> I stayed with it because I really enjoyed the uh, Aikido. I mean, it, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. You enjoy throwing people. You enjoy being thrown around. 
Um, I had to quit the running, though. I couldn't do both. And while I started Aikido, you know, people were saying, oh, Iaido, it's definitely related to Aikido, which, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's not. But mm-hmm. I figured, well, this will help my Aikido. Let me do Iaido. And uh, I started with the Japanese Swordsmanship Society in downtown Manhattan. Uh, John Pro is running it. Uh, Mitsuzuka Sensei was the head sensei. He would come to America sometimes. Mm-hmm. He was teaching other groups as well. Um, in any case, while I was doing uh, Iaido, somebody was, uh, Yuri Barsal was teaching Jodo. Um, he didn't have any rank. Mm-hmm. Um, he learned from Dave Pearl. But, you know, he was teaching there as part of the class, the curriculum, so I started doing the Jodo. Sure. Which I found I liked a lot more. Um, more than the Iaido? So I started. Yeah, well, the Yaito was killing my knees. In fact, oh, I ended right. up with a knee replacement. Um, oh, my God. And Yeah. So, and the other knee is kind of going on me. But um, probably if I hadn't done the Yaito, they would have lasted much longer. Right. That, that's very hard uh, you know, on the knees. You, yeah, I mean, when you start to get into the Tatahiza, you know, with the Chudan, it, it just destroys your knees. Right. So... Anyway, I stayed with the uh, Iaido. I started doing Jodo. I started doing it with Dave Pearl, Dave Pearl Sensei, excuse me. And uh, after a few years of it, he, uh, you know, me and this fellow Martin Price who were studying with him decided we wanted to see his teacher in mm. Japan. So we went to Kobukan Dojo to meet Matsumura Sensei. And. In Kobukan Dojo, I would stay four weeks. This was in in Tokyo. Yeah, but well, I mean, I, I took I took a, a little time. I went to Kyoto for a couple of days, nice. did a little bit of sightseeing. I didn't have much time. They didn't give you much time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I started to learn about Japanese humor. Like on my last day, when we're sitting at the table and he's yelling at all the Japanese because they don't come to every class like the Americans. And I'm thinking to myself, it's not like we have any choice, you know. <laughs> That's the rub. <laughs> right. <did> say. <laughs> so he doesn't want them to have a choice either, but they, you know, they're taking a little bit of time off. Well, let me put it this way. Um, I was sitting next to Hara-sensei, who was seventh down in, uh, in Aikido, but he was like a shodan, and, you know, he was just starting in um, Jodo. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know he spoke English. And uh, Matsumura said, I kept saying four weeks. And he turns to me very quietly and said, four weeks, you aged four years. <laughs> I think he was right. <laughs> so how, how long had, uh, each day were you guys working out? Was it morning, afternoon, evening? Well, I don't know. It's, you know, the morning classes, when there were morning classes, were about an hour and a half. Uh then there were Tuesday and Thursday classes where uh, I think it was 2 to 4.30, and then you caught a break for about an hour, and then it was 6.30 to about 8.30 or 9. Wow. And then you went upstairs. And when you went upstairs, you ate and you drank and you drank and you drank. <laughs> uh, so you're nice and fresh for the next morning's training. Uh, you know, later on when I was living in the dojo, when I'd come to Japan, you know, once I became uh, his direct student, he insisted I stay in the dojo. Mm. 
sometimes the drinking lasted till two, three in the morning. And if there was morning class, he may not show, but I had to. <laughs> and the morning classes were at six forty-five. Oh my god! <laughs> you probably you only got two or three hours of sleep if you could get sleep at all. You're still drunk when you're when you're swinging the Joe around. No, I no, I wasn't still drunk. <laughs> I've seen some of the Japanese be that way. Uh, one person, I'm not going to mention his name, was a senior student of uh, Kobukan Dojo. You know, he was one of the senior teachers. He stayed with me in New York for a while and, uh, and taught. And um, yeah, he would wake up the next morning kind of not refreshed. Right. From uh, the night before. Now, were I don't the... know if this was a custom, or, but I've seen it. Right. I've seen it, I've seen it a couple of times myself. Now, when you... When you were in Japan, were there many other foreigners training in Jodo? Um, it's not that well known now. Uh, where you were doing this almost forty years ago in the U.S. and in Japan, were there any other foreigners doing it? Did, was it very even well known in Japan? Uh, well, I think the only thing that kept Jodo alive was like the Kendo Federation, because it would, you know it would have disappeared like other arts. Right. And even though the Kendo Federation only does 12 kata, it brings a group. I mean, it brings people from Kendo, it brings people from Yaido, and then, you know, they discover Joe. Mm -hmm. uh, my uh, dojo is a Koryu dojo, but even so, they taught the Seite, at least at the beginning, so that you could test. Right. Because Matsumura Sensei sat it. He sat on the board, and, and, and he was, well, he was, he was a judge usually for the uh, higher ranking tests. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he had some sort of, uh, you know, relationship with the Kendo Federation. Right. So, um, towards, the, towards the latter years, I was bringing people to test. He would tell me to teach them um, Seite in New York. And when they got there, they're only doing Koryu. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were getting them warmed so up for him. A, excuse me? You were getting them warmed up for him with the Seite. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, I, I was getting them warmed up so that, you know, well, I was teaching them Koryu as well, but for their test, I was teaching them Seite. Mm -hmm. When they got there, he expected them to be doing Koryu. Oh, I see. Now, as far as foreigners, um, in the dojo, there were few. I mean, there were people who come, you know, um, they come and they live in Japan and they discover Jodo, mm -hmm. as they discover other arts. Right. Um, it's funny because he kind of well foreigners who lived in Japan were not were not treated very well in that dojo. Huh. He didn't mind foreigners who came to Japan, and that's just what it seemed to me. It, it could just be a personality thing, huh. you know. There were a lot of personality conflicts, I'm sure, in every dojo. Sure. Any but, any uh, idea they, what what caused that? that difference between the foreigners that were living there that could have been his regular students and the people that, that were flying in for a, a month or a few weeks of training and any, any feel of what the difference caused that difference? No, I mean, you know, the difference might've been negligible. It's what I felt. Sure. On the other hand, we weren't treated that well and neither were the Japanese. Told you, <laughs> so. <laughs> it was a rough place. It's known to be a rough place. Um, if you ask, uh, you know, I mean, Tom Grendel, Peter Boylan, when they come up, they don't have any uh, relationship with Kobukan Dojo. They don't know, but they know the reputation. 
Right. It's it's kind of a known reputation. Right. And um, if you ask if you meet Mike Scoss at some point and you ask him, now he has nothing to do with that dojo, but he kn- he knows it very well. Okay. He knows the reputation of the people. Um. It was funny because when I first came to Japan, Dave Pearl had contacted Mike Scoss to meet us and bring us to Kobukan Dojo. It was a real hard dojo. I mean, a lot of things are very hard to find in Japan, especially when you first come and you don't know your way around. Sure. And he sat there for a while, for about 15 or 20 minutes, while Matsumura talked to us and whatever, and then he left. And I asked him about that later, and he said he wanted to make sure we'd be okay. Okay. What? Okay. In what way? I don't know. That's what he said. Huh. That you know, and much more wouldn't you know, not accept us and you know, whatever. I see. So you guys wouldn't be kicked out or rejected and then be out on the streets of Tokyo with nowhere to go. Well, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And we practiced with. Uh, he was practicing with Phil Rolnick Sensei. We practiced with them too a little bit. Okay. But that's because we were not, uh, me and Martin were not yet students of uh, Matsumura Sensei. Once we were direct students, that's it. You know. Right. We're kind of chained to the dojo, you know. You didn't want you going anywhere but, else or, or, or training with anybody else? No, no, no. It, 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 it's not done. Um, you know, everybody can do seite. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Koryu dojos, they don't really work with each other it's it, right it's, first of all it's very different right uh especially the style we do is uh more of a fukuoka style and the tokyo style is completely different so there's certain moves where you know in the tokyo style you know the tachi is coming for the head and you know you you move the joe in such a way you go in for the face mm-hmm. in our style in some of those katas the tachi is going to cut over and through over the iliac uh, crest and into soft tissue mm. and you block down so obviously if it's coming to the head you're not and you're blocking down in other words they don't mix some of the katas right in certain ways and you know it's not that we couldn't do theirs and they couldn't do ours it's just nobody does that i i, I think it's a japanese thing where uh you know their group is has the katas and the way they were passed down and the other groups don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's pride or arrogance, but it's, it's what it is. This is Mike Tarvin of Tarvin Plumbing Company. You may have heard me answering questions as a plumbing expert on the Gary Sullivan show over the years. I'm here today to make you aware of our company. We perform plumbing repairs of all types. We've been in business since 1907 through five generations of family members. That's 109 years of providing top quality workmanship and outstanding service. If you're having issues with leaks, stoppages, water heaters, fixtures, or piping, we're here to help. Spring rains may be taking a toll on your sump pump. To help out, ask us about our summer sump pump special. We can inspect the existing pump and replace it if necessary for a special summer price. We can also inspect or add a battery backup and other devices for extra security to keep you high and dry. We offer you peace of mind for your plumbing system with reliable, trustworthy service backed by years of experience. Tarvin Plumbing is a Cincinnati company with an appreciation of the wide range of plumbing challenges this city offers. So if you or someone you know has a need for plumbing repairs of any type, please think of us at Tarvin Plumbing. You can reach us at tarvinplumbing.com. That's tarvinplumbing.com. Thank you. So when when you were training there, was there was there much of the 
how much of a divide was there on the Sete versus Koryu in the training and your test, those early tests that you took for promotion, was that all Sete or because this was earlier on, was there some Koryu mixed in with that? It was earlier on, it was Koryu mixed. Uh, Kendo Federation put a stop to that. Mm. I had Koryu done in my my uh, Yandan and Godan tests. Oh, Okay. So what did you do? You did a couple of the Seite Katas and then Koryu, or you had to choose the Koryu yeah, Katas? Was, uh, no, you, you, choo- you chose the Koryu. They chose the Seite. Okay. Was, yeah, was, it was different. You know, it's, it's not like today for fifth down. I think it's either 1, 3, 5, 7, 9, 11, or 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, or 12. Right. Or is that for Rokada? I don't know. But whatever it is, there was four or five, you know, and, you know, sometimes I think he, they just told you there. You know, it wasn't something where, you know, you're handed paper, and this is what you're going to do two weeks before. And um, and the courier you pick. Okay. And I remember there was one guy. In fact, I saw him uh, this year in Japan when I went to Nagano. Uh, he's from uh, Suizuoka. Uh, and he does uh, Suio Ryu Joe. Say that so again? When he does Suio Ryu Joe. Okay. It's a totally different style. You could you could actually um, YouTube it, and you might find Matsumura Sensei because he he's done that too. All right. Um, it's a it's a it's it's a it's a style of Jodo you've probably never ever seen if you if you don't know the name. No, I don't. And uh, he did, uh, he did it on a test, and that pretty much impressed the judges. I mean, mm. it's not just impressed. I mean. It was like, you know, as a guest thing from uh, Shizuoka City and from uh, that style, you know. Right. He was, you know, shooing to pass, let's put it that way, because, you know, it was impressive and it was an honorific at the same time. Okay. But, yeah, yeah, check it out. It's I really will. Joe. It's very different. I mean, there are moves where the Joe catches you under the arm and throws you. So it's 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 completely different. I, I've seen, so I've seen the core you like Chuden, Amote worked the the Fukuoka way, the Tokyo way, but this is not even the same set. This is com- something that's completely different. Completely, completely different. Oh. This, this thing developed on its own. Uh, they have their own um, Kenjutsu style. I was told they had other weapons which somehow have been lost. Huh. I don't know. Maybe they haven't been lost. Maybe that's just what I was. You're told a lot of things. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yes. Um, now, when you were were you over there? Did you speak Japanese at all, or were you just going over there in English? Enough, I speak enough to get by. I did two years of study with the Japan Society, and then you know I picked up more there. Mm-hmm. Right now, because I spend so much time with the French group, um, both in Japan and in France. I'm forgetting my Japanese while I study French every day. <laughs> <laughs> so the the French, I mean, uh, well, there's. So I go to the um, the seminar in Guelph, uh, this this uh, the Sadokai seminar every year. I have been for the last five or six years, and I mean, the, there seems to be a, a big French Canadian group, but also a lot of Europeans. A lot of you're not not European students, but a lot of European instructors are coming over there. Um, one or two years ago, there was five or six instructors, uh, Jodo instructors from Europe. It, it, Europe seems to be a real hotbed uh, of Jodo, and, and France in particular. Well, fr- no, France is, uh, 
I forget which sensei. She a sensei. Someone went to uh, Europe, and all of a sudden he sort of grabbed all these groups. Maybe it's somebody else, but uh, Francis Matsumura sensei. Okay. It's us. And uh, there were two. Yeah, there are two main groups. There's Paris and there's uh, Marseille. Mm. And somehow I never get invited to any of the things in Paris because I'm a friend of Marseille. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> it would be the opposite if I was a friend of Paris. Yep. But uh, the two teachers you met were uh, Danielle and Corinne. Okay. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Corinne is my uh, senpai in uh, Johto in general. She's my kohai at Kobukan, not because she doesn't have more seniority than me, but because she was accepted as a student later than me. Okay. And it has nothing to do with, you know, your rank or how long you've been practicing. You know, your seniority has to be when you were in the dojo. So there are people who left for five years, came back, have no skill, and they sit to the right of me because they started before me. <laughs> so, it's, you know, well, that's it, it, just it. I'm, I'm sure it's not just that dojo. No, I'm sure it's every no. dojo in Japan. No, I, I've yeah, seen that at karate dojos as as well. Um, um, when I was in in Okinawa working out in the the the, Shin, um, the uh, Shidokan uh, karate dojo, there was every once in a while we'd get people that had taken years or decades off and they want to get back into it, and they come in and they're standing to the right of guys that were there working out, you know, every night. So yeah, that's that's not yeah. unique yeah. to to that school at all. No, I didn't think so. Um, and it's, you know, it's fine. It's acceptable by me. I mean, I have, I, you know, I, I see no, uh, um, so I became a student and, uh, basically Corinne and Danielle were coming just for the tests, you know, and, you know, in the five year seminar, you know, the five year, um, anniversary parties, and, mm -hmm. you know, and, and training. And then Corinne started coming all the time, but Danielle didn't. So of the two of them there, Danielle is supposedly the senior, but Corinne is the one who's a Kobukan Dojo member, and Danielle isn't. Oh, okay. Uh, ba yeah, basically it's because, you know, Danielle, I, th I think there was something about him not liking the flies, so he didn't go to, uh, you know, Japan as often. Okay, I see. Matsumura, yeah, so, you know, so Matsumura, ha um, they were students of Gerard Blaise one of the two Paris instructors. And I think Matsumura asked, and I'm putting real quotations on the word asked, okay. Blaze to write a le to write a letter asking Corinne, asking that Corinne be accepted in the dojo as, as his student. Mm. You know, when you're asked something, <laughs> it's not a request. No. There there it's a it's a nice way of telling you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But, you know, there, there are certain traditions that are so, you know, for instance, I brought students over and they were doing Seite uh, up to uh, Kasumi, say, and Matsumura would come over and ask me jokingly if he could teach them the next kata. But it wasn't <laughs> a joke because the tradition is if they're my students, they have to get, you know, I have to get permission even if he's the senior, your senior. I, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, totally was by the book. So, um, I'm serious. It's, uh, you know, we were, we were told that 
I mean, let, let me put it this way. I never wanted to be a teacher. Oh, really? I was, yeah, I mean, I was happy just training and learning. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was asked if I would like to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, how did that start? You I were would like to teach. Were, you were in Japan, and they asked you to. Uh, they asked you to. They wanted you to start teaching in the U.S. Is that that how it worked? Yeah, yeah. Me and Martin Price. He left. He went back to Australia. And he he quit. He had some problems with his back. Mm. Um. So it was left up to me. Okay. Now it and it, uh, I'm sorry. No, uh, go ahead. I have please. like about I have about four students now, plus mm-hmm. students out of state who I see only once in a while. Mm-hmm. You know, after you finish sete, when you go to Koryu, there's a ceremony, and there are papers signed, and we read the papers out loud, and you know, it's a little bit of drinking, and then they're allowed to be going to Korea. I have four students, but I have a big stack of papers. Which <laughs> <laughs> tells you how long people stay at Jonah. Right. Well, they can and take they're a... always coming back. Always, you know, <laughs> they're always telling you they're coming back. Right, but they never do. <laughs> well, once in a while. Right. So your your curriculum, you still start with the Sete, they get through the 12 katas, you're happy with them, and then at that point you move on to the, the Koryu. Um, sometimes I move on to the Koryu before they, you know, in other words, if they don't have Renai um, all the way, and they're a little confused, if they're a little confused with that kata before, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. If they've shown the skill, mm. And I feel it's, you know, and it's, you know, other schools I've seen, they wait years and they make sure you do this before you do that. I take it on an individual basis. Okay. And if someone's not skillful, they're going to learn very, very slowly. And if they're skillful enough, they're going to be pushed a bit. Okay. So I don't, I don't really have a time uh, constraint on, you know, when they learn this, when they go from Seite to Koryu. Uh, but, but I do have uh, a by-the-book way of teaching it. In that, you know, the Seite, you learn a, you know, you learn a Joe, you learn a Tachi. Mm-hmm. Next Kata, you learn a Joe, you learn a Tachi. Sometimes you do two or three Katas by Joe, and then you go back and do the Tachi. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that in Koryu. When you start the Amote, you have to learn all 12 Kata by Joe before you start the first Kata with Tachi. Oh, okay. So you have you have to have because, the whole thing down. Yeah, that, that's because that's the way my teacher did it. Right. Right. So when I when I st- was training in Japan at, at that time, the test for EQ was the first five katas on the Joe side, and somebody else was going to be someone who's a higher rank or more experienced was going to be attacking you. Uh, and so that's the way that I typically start it, even though uh, in the tests in 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 the North America that I've been to in Canada, and you know we have an upcoming uh-huh. test in the U.S., you have to do both sides, even for that that low rank you know i mean i have no uh thought about what the kata should be you know those are things the kendo federation decides right. what i you know i do have a thought is why do they make them the same every year yes they can, you know they, they can vary it a little bit yeah yeah now when you when did you start teaching the joe in the u.s or when were you ordered to start, or I'm sorry, asked to start teaching Joe in the U.S.? 
Well, I don't know, probably after a few years. The thing is, it was really Martin Price who was teaching. He was a lot more skillful than I was. And th- but this um, was approximately in the early 80s? or Early to mid-80s. Let's see, if I started in the early 80s, say if I started 82 or, or, or 83, then figure about 85 okay. or 86. Were there many other schools across the country that were teaching Jodo that, that you were aware of, or, or was this pretty much it i was aware of certain people uh i mean mike scott was still living in japan phil relnick was still living in japan at the time mm-hmm. but um dave pearl since they taught, uh introduced me once to uh uh rick poland because he was visiting and he's in maryland and there was someone from north carolina visiting also and they were just visiting him as friends, and he introduced them to us. So they, there were people around. Mm-hmm. I think there's someone in uh, Hawaii, and um, I mean, now there are people all over the place. Right. But it's pretty yeah. pretty scattered at that at that time. Well, these these were all people who were you know who lived in Japan and learned from uh, Shimizu Sensei. Okay. Uh, Matsumura Sensei also learned from Shimizu Sensei, but then when Shimizu Sensei died, he went to Odafuji Sensei, which is why uh, he doesn't teach Tokyo style. Shimizu Sensei taught Tokyo style. Odafuji Sensei was in Kyushu, Fukuoka. Okay. So that's why he's cha- he changed it. And Dave Pearl was teaching us uh, the Omote. He was teaching us Tokyo style because he had left... Uh, Japan and came back, I think, before uh, Shimizu Sensei passed away, possibly. And uh, so he had learned the Tokyo style. But, uh, you know, that was all changed when uh, Fuji Sensei became Matsumura Sensei's uh, teacher. Okay. Now, now were you training, you were training in Aikido also. Did you have a chance to train in Aikido in Japan, or was that mostly in the U.S.? Uh. I did a few. Uh, I, I didn't do uh, Aikido at the Hambu Dojo in Japan. Mm-hmm. Now, Matsumura Sensei had an Aikido class there. Not, not you know, his, um, he had people, you know, he had, a, he had an Aikido class as well. And so I took a few of those classes, uh, mostly from Shibuya Sensei. But, you know, at some point, you know, Shibuya Sensei got his own dojo and split. Mm. Is that so, something yeah, I, that, did, I did a few classes. Is that something but, that you're still doing? I mean, you made it all the way up to to fifth don. Uh, are you still doing that, or is that something you're not doing anymore? I stopped because after my left, you know, after my total knee replacement, right. I continued to do it. But the thing is, when you fall, you got to fall in a certain way that your knee doesn't bend, and you fall sloppily. When you when you roll, I can roll on one side well. The other side, I got to hold my knee so it doesn't overbend. Because remember, it's not just titanium; it's also cemented. Right. Uh, and it only got it only bends so far. So you know, it was and it was hard to get up. So it just looked bad. Right. You know, and I just after a while, I just got fed up with it. And, you know, um, and it's, it wasn't fair to your partner if it takes you longer to get up. They're getting less of a workout. Right. Everybody told me, "Don't worry, you don't even have to fall. You can just take back falls and blah blah blah." I just. I just walked away from it. And, you know, we're, I'm teaching Jodo at that dojo. Mm. Um, we're renting space from Hal Lerman, the, uh, the instructor, who's, you know, and he's a student of Yamada-sensei. Um, and that's the, do- that's the dojo where you're teaching 
currently? I'm teaching Jodo at, at the Aikido of Park Slope School. I run space. Okay. Um, but it's, you know, it's separate from Aikido, Joe. It's separate from Aikido classes. Mm-hmm. It's not a regular class. In other words, he, he doesn't have Jodo as a regular class. This is totally separate. Right. Now, I um, had... Because we all have... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. Because, you know, he has to pay the rent. He, the space is pretty expensive. Uh, Brooklyn has become really expensive, and uh, it's a nice building. So he has to rent to others. And um, I shared a space with a... Was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu group because they take up very little space and we're only a few people, so now, it's not are, a big deal. Th- now, are these classes going on at the same time? You have guys uh, wrestling around with each, with each other on one side of the dojo and guys uh, doing jodo on the other? Yeah. That... I mean, it wasn't supposed to be like that, but they just took up a lot of time and a lot of space, and they're bringing in a lot more money. Sure. Because they've got a bigger group, but uh, it's not, you know, it's not a big deal. I mean, it there's four of us, you know, usually on the mat. Mm-hmm. And if there's four of us, we don't take up a lot of room. And those guys stay all together, so they don't take up any room either. And it's usually just a big area in between. Right. And, then, you know, they tolerate our KIs, and we tolerate the fact that they don't make noise. <laughs> now, someone watching that might get the bins from looking from one side of the dojo, these guys wrestling around. And uh, and then looking over to the right and seeing, seeing you guys doing this these you know kata with the uh, you know, very precise movements. I mean, you can't get much farther apart in the martial arts than those two, and they're happening at the same time. That's what that's well. They've got the front of the mat where you'd look in from the window. We've got the back. Uh, the guy who teaches as is is trying to build up a school. You know. Mm-hmm. as a business and me i just want to teach a few people yeah i'm not I'm, i don't advertise i'm not looking for people if word of mouth somebody comes or if somebody sees it and comes but it doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. and i'm happy that you know i'm just happy that i have a few people with enough skill yeah so that i can get a, a good practice myself sure you know it, i i don't want to build a big organization in fact matsumura sensei I told him that he said that's the way it should be. Looking for a way to gain an edge on the competition? Want to give your body some much needed relief and relaxation? Try Medical Resort ATAC, Okinawa's specialists in sports therapy and wellness care. ATAC offers customizable massage therapy. Try their oxygen chamber to increase metabolism, reduce fatigue, and promote faster recovery from injuries. Take their stretching course to increase flexibility and release muscle fatigue. ATAC also offers special courses in static and thermal therapy, foot therapy, and head therapy. Or try a session of ATAC's latest offering, acupuncture therapy, with their fully licensed acupuncture therapist. Want to find out more? ATAC is open Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Stop into their center located at 12830 Oroku in Naha City, Okinawa. Call 098-859-1890 or visit them on the web at wwwa dash tac.net that's www.a-tac.net staff is fluent in english portuguese spanish and japanese
very small individual groups, very personal. Well, you know, first of all, most people leave. Yeah. So let's say you got four or five guys on the mat, right? Mm -hmm. And one of them's a new guy. He's going to need the most attention. Those guys are going to get a lot less attention, and he's the one that's probably going to leave in a few months. Right. So I'm not encouraging new people. Yeah. That you know, that's a good thought because I I run into that pretty often because so we we have a at our, at our school the Jodo you know it was a karate school originally and then when I moved to town and started working out in the karate school I had the Jodo uh, background as well so I started some some one guy was interested so I started teaching and then another guy and another guy uh, and so. Because most of the students are, are karate students, we'll get people that are interested every once in a while to stop in for the Jodo class. And you're right. I spend half the class or more dealing with this one new guy, teaching him this is how you stand, right. this is the Kamai, and then he may or may not be back the next week. <laughs> That's I see that all the time. Now, I, I, I taught. We had the, uh, the Aikido school had, had moved, not from where it is now, from where it is before. Uh, they sold the building and, you know, it's yada, yada. It's the usual story in New York. Mm-hmm. But uh, next next to the karate school was, was, I mean, I'm sorry, next to the Aikido school was a karate school. And for a while I taught there. And I taught uh, Monty Allen sensei and his black belts. Mm. And I still, you know, Monty Allen quit because of his hips as far as, you know, doing Joe. Mm-hmm. But of the black of the black belts that I taught, there were about eight or nine of them at the time. We were just running a whole class. Not only are none of them with me, but I don't think any of them are with him. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the turnover in karate is pretty big too. I mean, this is some yeah. years ago, right? <laughs> so, you know, I stopped for a while. I had to go to the hospital. I had to get surgery. This and that. All of a sudden, you know, the few people I got left. <laughs> Everybody else is gone. They're gone, and you kind of had to start from scratch almost. With your well, uh, not really, because yeah, you know, the people who stay are the senior people. But right. um, you know, it was funny. I mean, you know, you needed uh, yandans as well as godans for this test. I could have given you. I can give you a bunch of yandans now. Okay, to practice with me, but they're not. They're not practicing anymore. But they still. They're still yandans. Well, that 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 might be good if we if we have to organize one of these things and we just need somebody to sit there on the board. That that might work. Well, I don't know about I, you know. I don't know about them coming. You know, they're not doing Jodo. They're not going to want to you know right. uh, judge as well. But uh, I mean, uh, let's see. Olivier's a Yan Don. He's living in Queens right now, part of the time in France. Uh, Tony's a Yan Don. He's living in Bay Ridge. Um, Monty Sandan, and these these are people in New York City. Uh, well, uh, then, you, know, you know, I, I have people out of state too. You know, I, I'm curious about that. So I came in. So my Jodo experience is basically this: my um, one of the guys who trained with my karate teacher's teacher had lived in Japan for a while and picked up some Jodo basics. When he came back, he taught some of the other students, and it was basically like the first six strikes and one kata. Uh, which is which is a good yeah. start. That was the first time that I I saw this, and then when I moved to Japan, I kind of lucked into this group that was doing doing Jodo. So I did all my or a good all my real serious Jodo training over there, even though I had an introduction to it. And when I moved back to the U.S., I had no idea 
where anybody was or what was going on. Um, and I was used to, oh, there's a Johto test. Okay, where is it? It's three blocks down that way at the at the Budokan and uh, be there on Sunday. It's like, okay, there's the test, there's the seminar, there's a promotion. And then when I got here, it's, oh, no, you need to go to Canada. <laughs> it's like, you need to buy a plane <laughs> ticket to the – I'm like, what is going on here? So with these guys in New York, were you, were you guys able to put together tests back in the 80s and 90s in New York, or did you have to go to Europe? Were you, were you guys making the pilgrimage to Canada even then? What was, how did you guys get, get them promoted? We were, taking, we were making the pilgrimage to uh, <laughs> Tokyo. So all those tests were all those know. were in, in Japan. Well, after a while, I mean, I stopped bringing people. After a while, I just decided that I'm only going to bring the skillful people to Japan. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are just going to get brutalized in that dojo, right. which is true. Right. Uh, but uh, at that point, that I stopped. That's when it, you know I started learning that they were doing tests in Canada. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was I was I was sending people to Canada to test. Okay, um, and, and that's what I—that's what I've had to do so far for all my tests. Also, is go back to go back to Japan, go back to Japan, go back to Japan. Every anytime I want to get promoted, because even in Canada, for the most part, they're only testing up to a certain a certain rank, and you know I got beyond that a little while ago. Well, they're not—they're not, not going to be testing uh, Rokadans anytime real soon. Uh, I don't think because. The reason they had those Rokadon tests were just to, to get the Canadians their Rokadon. Mm. And the they Canadian brought instructors. Right. And then they, they brought in the instructors from Japan and from Europe to sit on the board in order to be yeah. able to do that. It's, qu- it's quite expensive to do that. Oh, I, I, I can imagine. Um, inter- inter- international flights for all these guys, plus hotels, plus everything else the exp- just the expense of renting the space and, and setting it all up i mean it's it's got to be a lot yep so is your, is your major tr- uh are you still practicing any of the other martial arts the eido or the aikido you gave up uh or is your only focus on on jodo at this point my only focus is on Jodo, but there are other weapons in Jodo. Unfortunately, because we only have a couple classes a week, I can't teach the other lep- weapons that I'm starting to forget. <laughs> and uh, the last time I was in Tokyo, the Jute, a lot of it has changed. And there are Jute moves I can't do because of my knee. Mm-hmm. Um, Kasaragama, I'm forgetting. Uh, tanjo, I can still teach, and uh, Kenjutsu, I can still teach. Now, with the with the Tanjo, there there are a lot of several moves where you have to drop down to one knee or squat down. Are you able to do that with the knee? Could, yeah, especially uh, we have uh, those uh, fake tatami mats because it's mm. an Aikido school, mm. so I can wear a knee pad. But the uh, I have a lot of problems with the Okaden Kata for Joe. Because of the knee movement, yeah. You know, because uh, of right. my knees. Go ahead. I'm sorry. There's, there's one kata in jute where the sword cuts for your legs, and you have to jump in the air and tuck your knees, you know, <laughs> towards your chest. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if I could do that then. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, like the show? 
enjoy hearing interviews with martial artists from around the world, then share it with a friend, family member, co-worker, everyone at your dojo, your fellow karate cop. You can find new episodes every Sunday at choptalk.podbean.com. That's choptalk.podbean.com. And don't forget to like the show on Facebook. Thanks. I just uh, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to uh, talk with me today, and also for you know taking the time to come out to Cincinnati uh, in, in in a couple months. I'm happy to come out to Cincinnati, and I'm happy to uh, encourage training and testing in Jodo. Now, every time we've I've emailed you to prep for this seminar, you've been you've been either on the road somewhere or coming back from the road somewhere. How do you, how are you able to pull that off? Because I can barely get out of I can't even get out of town. Let me see. I don't know if I say it right in French. Just suis en retraite. I am retired. <laughs> that that'll do it. That'll do it. <laughs> so you have all the free time in the world. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've had this incredibly busy schedule this year. Um, I was in Japan, and I believe May. Okay. And then I I was. I, I, I was in Maryland uh, for Joe with another group. Um, now, your students in Maryland, in, right? In, excuse me? Your students in Maryland, right? Is that where Frank is? No, 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 no. This is a different group. Oh, okay. Uh, this is, this, this, this is uh, Rick Poland in Annapolis. This is just a friendship thing. Okay. Um, Frank is in Maryland now. He just moved to Maryland. He was in Indiana. He was studying a little bit with Peter. Yeah, I went to a couple events so, up up with Peter and, and Frank. By the way, for anyone listening, is the um, the other uh, seminar instructor and judge who's going to be coming in, and uh, I'll try to get him on the podcast maybe in a in a couple weeks. And he's uh, uh, King Sensei's uh, uh, student. Well, he should be interesting in the podcast mainly because he he does more than just Jodo. He does the I and he teaches Naganata. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But it's not classical Naganata. It's more like the modern Naganata that's taught in Japan today. Okay. Um, yeah. I, Matsumura since I used to teach classical. I never got to learn it. The French did. Uh, but I, you know, I learned other weapons. I learned Kasarigama for a bit. But uh, classical Naganata is done against Tachi, whereas uh, the Naganata of today, which is the more modern, is done against another, you know, another Naganata. I, I've never had a chance to work that at all. I, I saw it a little bit um, in in Okinawa. There were um, they were doing it almost like kendo, where there was a bamboo blade on the end, and they were they were sparring each other. And that's that's my only experience is watching a small amount of that. Okay, I could give you the history of, of uh, classical as opposed to modern that was given to me, but I don't know how uh, historically accurate it would be. You know, people tell you things if you want to hear it. Let's it's a hear very it. interesting story. But yeah, let's hear it. If, if, as long as the voice is going to hold out, go for it. Okay. Like I said, I don't know how correct it is, but I was told in uh, one of the battles, possibly Sekigahara, the uh, Naganata people lined up, dug the end of their pole into the ground so the blades would be showing while the horsemen came. The enemy horsemen came, stopped, 
pulled out rifles they got from the Dutch and shot them all. And that was the end of the uh, study. Of that was the end of the art of Naganata. So they gave. So if you look in Japan and it's mostly women doing it and teaching it, mm-hmm. they gave the the Naganata to women to protect themselves in the field. Okay. Now, I don't know how. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't. For the record, I don't know how accurate that is. I'm sure some parts of it are. Right. But it's very plausible. That that makes it now, and and that's what I saw when I what I did see in in Japan. The limited amount I saw, it was all women. And then in the U.S., I've only talked to the only people that I know that are do, doing naganata are are men in the U.S. So is there? So there obviously is not a. There may have been a gender divide in what's going on in Japan, but obviously not in the U.S. If Frank is teaching it, and then. Uh, um, Lawrence uh, is studying it in Chicago. Um, well, Frank's instructor passed away, and she, you know she was from Japan, and you know she was high-ranked Nakanada. So, uh, but you know, you come here and people are doing. She's teaching Nakanada in an EI dojo. A lot of people doing EI are going to want to learn Nakanata. Sure, it's not you know. I mean, in Japan, I guess it's more because traditionally, for the last you know few hundred years, it's been out oh, women, and they keep it that way. But um, I've seen, you know, I, I saw Naganata being, you know, the, the, not the classical, but the, the more modern form mm-hmm. in, in Japan. And I think back then, Mike Scott was doing it in Japan. I can't remember. Okay. That well, well, that that'd be I think a... he might have been doing it. Well, that would be another good way to 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 meet women at the dojo. Then, if you <laughs> <laughs> Japanese women, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> if that's what you're into. <laughs> at this age, no. <laughs> now, so you've been traveling all over. Where is where is the next destination? Uh, it, it can't be Cincinnati with the, with a retired jet setter like yourself. Where, where are you heading to next? I'm going to be flying out to Marseille on the 24th. I'm going to get there on the 25th. Spend two days in Marseille with Corinne Sensei and Steve Lewis is coming also from California. And uh, two of my students are coming as well. And we're going to get into cars with her and her students. And we're going to go into the French Alps to the town of Briançon. Wow. And we're going to be doing a week of Jodo twice a day, several hours a day. And then they have other uh, activities in between. Um, you get two two hours in the morning, then you go out, eat a whitewater rafting or hiking, and you come back for two and a half hours in the evening, and then um, you have dinner. It's kind of a really nice setup. Yeah, um, it sounds. It may like be it. our it may be it may be our last year in Briançon, however, because. Last year when I was there, Corinne said it might be a, next year might be the last year because the mayor of Briançon wants to sell a sports center and build a hotel. Oh, so they won't have anywhere to yeah. work out. No, there won't be anywhere. I have to find another place. Uh. You know, I think sports centers are havens for martial arts seminars in France. Mm. You know, they're cheap. The government subsidizes it, so it's very affordable. Mm-hmm. And there's big gym floors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I saw the same thing in in Japan, um, or at least where I was in Okinawa. There was the Budokan, which is this massive 
martial arts complex that they where they held huge tournaments and then there was three levels of basically like a high school gym size uh workout area one was completely covered in mats uh the other one and the other two were completely wood i mean it was it was massive and then they built others still in okinawa since then unfortunately we don't have anything like that uh in the u.s here it's it's you know i'm going to the high school gym to to rent the space so there's just no, nothing no big public area to ha- to have things like that like france or japan yeah i'm renting from an aikido dojo it's uh um, they had the uh, Japanese Swordsmanship Society. When I did Iaido, they had a big space on Broome Street, and uh, they sold it. And you know, it was a dance center, and they sold it. And after that, they had to find a smaller space. Then they lost their space, and then they, they, then they were using a gym in Jersey City. The mm. uh, Y, yeah, it's it's a problem. It's a problem in Japan too. I mean, those spaces that you're talking about. Those are for major events. Those yeah. are for uh, semi- you know, uh, seminars and taikai. You know, they're for testing. But, you know, individual dojos, at least in Tokyo, have as big a problem as we do in here in New York. Yeah. You know, there's, there's just no space. There's no space, and the rent has to be ob- obscene. And even in a place like Cincinnati that has more more reasonable rent, you know, if if you have... You know, we're lucky at the karate school. We have, you know, 50 or so people. They're all paying dues. Uh, but if you have 10 or so, only 10 people or less, it's it's hard to have your own your own space. Here, in, let alone New York or Tokyo or Paris. Yeah, well, Paris may be different because, like I said, there's government subsidies on uh, martial arts. I don't know about Paris itself. Mm-hmm. I know the uh, dojo in Marseille is, you know, uh, Korean owns, you know, she has a building, you know, that she owns, and then there's uh, the backyard area, and then there's another piece of building. And that piece of building, she's built a dojo, but that's her. Um, I know someone in uh, Colorado who's also built the back of his uh, part of his house into a dojo, mm-hmm. and I know someone in Maryland who is an outside space. He's built a dojo on his property, mm. and you know that's doable. But you know, when, right. when you get into a city like this, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that is what a lot of the dojos were in in Okinawa. They were the first floor of somebody's house, and the sensei lived on on the second floor. Or um, my Jodo teacher, uh, his he had a dojo at his house that was above the garage, uh, so it wasn't a big commercial space, but it was a it was his his rec room where where we were working out and we were training. Yeah, I know uh, Komukan Dojo, Matsumura Sensei owns the building. And it's in Yoyogi, and it's right near, you know, uh, downtown Tokyo. It's just a short walk. Mm. To, um, that building is worth a fortune. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if the taxes are getting paid on it for uh, you know, the amount of people and whatever. But nobody's selling it, but it's worth a fortune. And, you know, that's the draw. Somebody's going to want to buy that building at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. These things get sold. Yeah, uh, you have to have your own building, right? You know, we got we got we got thrown out of uh, um, where we were, Fifteenth Street and Fifth Avenue, Aikido uh, Park Slope, because uh, um, and Monty Allen and the Seido uh, Karate later became Kenshikai Karate. They they had to leave also because the building got sold. Yeah, and. Now it's being torn. It's got torn down. And it's being made into condos. 
that's happening everywhere. Right. Yep, it's, it's yeah. tough. Tough to find places to work out. So if if people want to find you and your uh, your small group and your your of dedicated your four dedicated guys in the Aikido dojo, what's what's the best <laughs> what's the best way that they can find you? Uh, I guess you can look up. Uh, there is a, a a Facebook page which I can't get on. They cut me out of my own page when they wanted me to show proof of who I was, so they wouldn't <laughs> accept it because I refused to give them anything. You know, if I gave them a social security card, I blocked off the numbers. I gave them a passport, I blocked off the numbers. Right. But it's uh, it's a I guess it's under Kobu Jodokai. Okay. Or U.S. Kobu Jodokai. And it'll have my phone number. It'll have the address of the dojo. It's it still exists even though I don't see it anymore. I'm no longer on Facebook. <laughs> okay, but people can get your contact information from there. And uh, any other places that you're going to be? Tra- I know you're coming to Cincinnati. Uh, you're going to be teaching. Uh, that's on Saturday, September seventh. Now we don't. We're not going to have the whitewater rafting that you'll have in the French Alps. Um, but if you, <laughs> but. <laughs> If you on the south, no. Now, if but if you want to take a canoe down the Ohio River, we can probably arrange that. No, I think I want to spend my time teaching. But uh, so this is your first Jodo seminar. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you're going to have many more. Hopefully, it seems like everything's coming together well. Uh, I really hope that uh, you know, as people are listening to this, the early bird deadline is coming up fast. So uh, if you are planning on coming, please get that registration in so you can save yourself some money and make sure that uh, we know how many people are, are, are coming. Um, and if you're, if you're testing, same thing. Uh, please get your, your info in uh, just as soon as you can. All right. So well, I'm looking, I'm, again, I'm looking forward. I mean, not just to teach Jodo and to work out with the beginners, but let's see if we can play a little on our career. Absolutely. That's okay with you. That's definitely okay with me. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you, t- you know, taking the time and the effort to come out here and uh, looking forward to, ha- I'm looking forward to have you. And I know the students are, are too. So thank you very much. Thank you. And thanks again to Harvey King for joining us today. For more information on Harvey King, visit his group's Facebook page, the New York Kobu Jodo Kai. That's K-O-B-U-J-O-D-O-K-A-I. Or check out one of his Jodo classes at Aikido Park Slope in Brooklyn at 630 Sackett Street. Or you can be sure to join the upcoming ECUSKF Cincinnati Jodo Seminar and Promotion Exam on Saturday, September 7th, where he will be instructing. To find out more about the seminar, visit www.gov koshoschoolofkarate.com and click on the ECUSKF logo. It's the orange shield. Or visit the events page on the Kosho School of Karate Facebook page. Early bird registration in soon, so get your paperwork in now. Please remember to rate and review the show and share your thoughts on the Chop Talk Facebook page, Twitter, or email me directly at choptalkwithnateengland at gmail.com. Also let me know if you have an idea for a topic or guest for an upcoming show. Thanks for listening. Nihidibiru and mataya.
Chop Talk is brought to you by the Kosho School of Karate's premium martial arts training equipment. Frustrated with the low quality of the big manufacturers, the hassle and expense of custom-made equipment, or the months-long delivery times offered by the Japanese brands, if your order ever arrives at all, Kosho offers Makiwara, iron sandals, specialty punching bags, and other premium martial arts training equipment, all at great prices and great delivery times. Kosho equipment is guaranteed to be high quality and heavy duty, exactly what serious traditional martial artists demand. Contact the Kosho School of Karate for more information. Go to www.koshoequip.com or email koshoschoolofkarate at gmail.com. Kosho, premium martial arts training equipment for the serious martial artist.